everyone. It's Gracie with Self-Care with Gracie. I have a really special guest here today. Uh, her name is Nina Manolson. Did I say that correctly? It's Manolson. Close. Manelson. Very close. Yep. Okay. I, I wanted to make you a little bit more Italian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Manelson. mind being Italian. Italian's always a good thing. Uh, Well, really happy to have Nina here with us today. She has done um, some amazing work over the past 20 years working with women in wellness and specifically around helping women to really understand their relationship with eating and food so that they can feel happy, confident, healthy, and sexy in their bodies. I'm reading off of her website right now. I really love that line. (laughs) She has a deep, unwavering commitment to helping women feel happy, confident, healthy, and sexy in their bodies, uh, which I think we all want more of. She holds a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling and psychology. She's a certified holistic health coach. She is a certified psychology of eating coach and teacher and a body worker and yoga teacher from Kapalu. So I I just feel, I can feel the depth of your education and just your passion Mm. and, and your like integration. I think when people have had these amazing careers of just the amount that that you're willing to let you can put things together. So I'm really excited to talk to you and hear more about what you do and what you're passionate about here. Um, So thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Oh, my gosh. It is my privilege, absolutely a delight to be with you. Awesome. Well, I'd love to just hear your story a little bit of, like, how you got interested in in doing this work and, and what the path has looked like for you to bring you to what you're doing right now. Yeah. Well, I can tell you sort of the one line, the one line version is that basically my professional career has been my personal journey because I did not feel good in my own skin. I did not feel comfortable in my own body. I didn't trust my body. I didn't trust myself around food. Uh, and I had a really painful relationship with food. It was like, okay, I'm... I'm Eating good. Okay, so that means I'm good. Nope, now I'm eating really bad. Oh, now I'm a failure and I'm bad. Right? And the same went for my relationship with my body and the mirror. Right? Oh, I've gained weight. I'm a bad person. Oh, I've lost weight. I'm a good person. And so my relationship with my food and my body became my sense of self and self-worth. And it was very critical and very painful. And so my professional journey um, grew out of my need to live differently than in this painful cycle in my body. And so I started with getting into yoga and, and doing body work. And the yoga for me was a real depth, a deep teaching in terms of body awareness. That's one of the great gifts that a yoga practice can give us. There's many gifts, but one of them is learning how to listen to the sensations. And that led me into helping women feel safe in their body with the sensations that were coming up, and that's how I got into body work. And when I was doing body work, and I did body work for many years, I realized that what I was doing was not just creating safety for women in their bodies, but also helping women be in a relationship with their body. Because when we are in a place where we're like, oh, what's happening? I get to relax. Am I allowed to relax? Am I allowed to feel good? 
how does that feel when I'm diving into the pain in my body? And I realized as I was doing all this body work, our whole life is in our body. It's like the book of our life is our body. And so that led me then to realizing that there was a lot going on, and I thankfully had a wonderful supervisor who I went to her one day and said, I feel like I'm doing therapy with people. And she said, you are. (laughs) I was like, okay, maybe time for graduate school. So that's when I went back to school and studied counseling psychology, and then I started putting these together. The, the, the emotional aspect, the mindset work of the counseling psychology with the body awareness of yoga and body work. But at that time, I was still struggling with overeating, compulsive overeating, eating because I was sad, eating because I was upset, eating because I was tired, eating for every reason. Plus, I was about to have babies. And I was like, you know, I have got to change this cycle so that my, the next generation doesn't end up feeling so in such an entwined and painful relationship with their body. So I went back to school again for nutrition, and then I start wove those together, the food, the body, and the emotional mindset piece, and really dove into the land of the psychology of eating. And that's the work that I do now. And what there's a specific sort of paradigm or construct that I've created, which I call the nourishment dynamic. And it's the idea that in order to make change in terms of our relationship with our food and body, we can't just walk through the food door. We can't just do, okay, eat this, don't eat that. Because especially for women, it gets us into a restrictive pattern and we start to feel deprived, and I don't know about you, but when I feel deprived, it's going to boomerang back, and I'm just going to eat whatever the heck I want because that inner rebellious part is going to come forward. So walking in to making change just on the food level, it's not enough. We have to go deeper. We have to go to the lifestyle level. How does that show up in our life, right? Who's grocery shopping? How's the food going to happen? Are we eating standing up? Are we eating really fast? All those lifestyle pieces, and we have to go deeper. We have to go into the mindset, the emotions. Why are we eating? Who is it that's actually sitting at the head of the table making those decisions of what goes in the mouth? Right? So going into the depths of the emotional relationship with our body and our food, about our emotional relationship, and I know you know a lot about this, about how we feel about taking care of ourselves. Are we allowed to take care of ourselves? Do we give ourselves permission to do restorative yoga in the afternoon? You know, all those deeper uh, meanings that let us say yes to self-care. So my approach is this nourishment dynamic that we have to jump in through food and lifestyle and mindset all together, woven together to really make a shift. Wow. I, I love what you just said. And um, I love what you said, but I love, I love the power behind it. Like I feel the experience that, and, and how powerful that you've been able to like take, take your own struggle. It sounds like you really had to like wrestle with for a, a big part of your life. Yeah. and begin to help other people make that same transformation. That, um, that's, really, that's really profound to me that you can do that. 
to me, it sort of was necessity, you know. And and I'm not and I'm not going to put myself out there because I think this is what we do in this world of experts: is that oh, that person they have it all together. And I just want to say, and I hear it all the time. Well, oh, Nina, you know, well, you know, you've got you figured it out, right? And I just want to be right up front: is I'm not perfect. There are days when I still find myself standing in front of the fridge, going, "Why am I standing here?" What's going on? I'm not hungry. What am I looking for? Oh, I'm looking for some approval in the fridge. Oh, really? So that, you know, smoothie you made, that's going to give you approval? I'm like, oh, crap. hate that, but I'm a coach. <laughs> right? So I'm still having the conversations. Right? And when I put on some extra weight, because I don't, I'm not a skinny mini, and I go up and down with the seasons and my activity levels and when I'm on vacation... I still watch that old voice go, nah, there it is. You got the five extras. And I'm like, you know what? Thank you for sharing. <laughs> and I'm going to still be in a relationship that is kind and compassionate, caring, encouraging with my body, even if it doesn't measure up to that external societal standard that mm. we're conditioned into. Right? So I'm just saying all that up front. So when people go, well, I can't be that, or I can't do that, or that's not me, or she's got it all together, nobody has it all together. I can say that with ultimate confidence of working with women for 25 years. Nobody has it all together. We're all working on our stuff. I, and just to add my, my experience onto that pile of, for my, myself, if you, I found if you want to be humble, then like, like start to become a self-care expert or yeah. like expert. Like, and then look, like it's just like I have to look at my own relationship with self-care and be like, oh my gosh, right. this is so hard, and I just I'm so humbled by it all the time. But what yeah. what's beautiful in it too is that it's just I feel like it like it opens the store that like because I'm never gonna figure this out, and all the women I work with too, like no one has it figured out. But it's like if we're willing to like keep looking deeper, like you were saying, like being in front of the refrigerator and being like, what am I looking for here? And be like, oh, shoot, it's this pattern of approval seeking that is infiltrating every part of my life. Yeah. It just provides this thing that we're never done growing and that means we're never, we're not done yet. So there's, there's sort of like a real beauty in that. But I know it can be so hard when we just want to like have it so figured out and we're tired of suffering around the food stuff. But there's a real, there's an incredible opportunity in that. There's two things that were interesting that you said. One was, you know, we're never done. And yes and no. So one is, no, we're always evolving. Absolutely, we are always evolving. And no, it's, we're not, it's that idea of we're never done, like, oh, there's some doneness to get to. And to let go of, like, you know what, there's somewhere I have to arrive at. And if we can let go of that and be like, you know what, this is my journey. I'm all, we're always evolving, but we're always on a journey. And for those of us with food issues, you know, either unwanted weight or a struggle with compulsive eating or binge eating or, you know, restrictive eating or any of those and many more, uh, disordered eating, and uh, let me just parenthetically saying I'm not saying eating disorders. That's a whole other th- thing that I don't really work with eating disorders, but disordered eating, which is it's not life threatening, but it's not feeling right, right? It's a little uh, the relationship is a struggle. 
So for the, all of us with the, that kind of disordered eating, the struggle is an incredible opportunity. It's almost like I, I would love everybody to imagine that the struggle that we have with our food is like this beautiful ivy-covered archway, like surrounded by flowers that says if you walk through, if you walk into this struggle and really explore it, you will expand more. You will open your heart more to yourself, to someone else, to life. You will feel life more fully. Wow. That's so beautiful. Yes. Yes, it, it it makes me think about um, you know the work of Janine Ross. Yeah, I I found her books when I was in college, and I was just like really struggling with like mm. food and body image, and mm-hmm. so much of my energy and time was going into that of just yeah. wanting to be thinner and wanting to like finally get it under control. And it was like I was I was really praying about it actually because I was like kind of that point of like I don't think I can figure this out on my own. And I was at a library and I just like saw her book. And I picked it up, and um, and just her work and her story made so much sense to me, and it, re- it really fundamentally changed the way I saw food and dieting and eating. But one of her concepts that like stuck with me so much is that the part of ourself that w- that wants to eat compulsively or that wants to standing in front of the refrigerator that it's actually this like super intelligent part of us that like yes. it's the part that won't be repressed and won't be yeah. a good girl. And how healthy it is to have that part. And I always come back to that because it's like when that perfectionist in me is so loud, to be like, this is so healthy that there's something in me that wants to rebel. Yes. And it's not always that's the thing. The one who's at the fridge isn't always the rebellion one, rebellious one. Sometimes she's the caretaker. Oh, my gosh, Mm. I don't know how else to take care of you. Please, quick, let's get some food so that you can, like, relax a little bit. Or, oh, my gosh, you know... It's not, I don't, wanna, I don't want you to relax a little bit. Quick, you know, like you're, you're sort of bored and you're a little bit in the doldrums. Let's eat something really crunchy and get you stimulated, right? All our actions, our, our desires for being taken care of in some way. Mm. Are, are, there, are there commonalities that you find? I'm sure every, every client you work with is a little different, but like are, are there things that, that seem to tie a lot of the stories together into one narrative with your clients? Yes, absolutely. And yes, we're all different, but I tend to work with women, and I tend to work with women over 35. So these are women who know. They've read the blogs and the magazines and the articles and even maybe even studied nutrition or, you know, read a million Janine Roth books or read all about some anti-inflammatory diet or raw food diet. These are smart women that I work with, smart women who know, absolutely know what they, and I put this in little air quotes, should be doing. So when I say, you know, how about X, Y, or Z, you know, more greens or more water, like all the obvious things, they're like, yep, I know. But that's (laughs) never the issue. The knowing isn't the issue. It's the moving out of the way so that we can actually be walking towards nourishing ourselves, mothering ourselves, caring for ourselves. So the common theme that I see along... uh, a lot in women is this I'm 
I'm not, my worth is in how much I do. Mm. And women get into this human doing versus human being. Right? If I get this done and take care of this person and get, finish this list, and then, then I will feel worthy. Then I will feel like I deserve to go get a massage or I deserve to actually make myself a meal and sit down and not be working at the same time as I'm eating. Right? So there's a, definitely a theme of going, wow, how do I prioritize myself? How do I put myself first on the list? So that's one theme that I really see is that sense of worthiness or not, deservability. There's another theme around receiving. It's very connected, which is I don't know how to receive. Even when someone gives me a present, I'm like, oh, thank you so much. Oh, gosh, what should I get them? I didn't get them something. Oh, I better get them something. Right? Just being able to receive. So that's connected to the worthiness. And then there's this other piece for women around saying, you know what, I am, um, let me just think how to say it correctly, this feeling of really being able to go slowly. You know, like I'm allowed to, to just slow the action down. And that's a very important one. That's another theme that I hear. Oh man, I, I feel like you just like called out all of my all my stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> mine too, mine too. Let me tell you, mine too. I'm always working on it. And the other piece that I hear a lot in women is the self-critical voice. Like, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. I haven't done this enough. I haven't done that enough. What about this? What about that? And we do what I call, which I am like an expert at is compare and despair, right? Where you compare yourself to somebody else and then, ooh, despair, Yeah. right? Yeah. Comparing your insides to someone else's outsides. Someone said, said it really well. They said it's like, like comparing someone's best of real to your outtakes. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I, I like to call the critical voice, I call it the shitty voice in your head. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's amazing in my community because now that's our, that's our vocabulary. I'd be like, well, then I had this idea and then the shitty voice in my head got started. But it's so yeah. cool to have a common thing just to be like, that is not me. That is yeah. just like critic. Yes. So you, you think it's powerful stuff we get when we're growing up, like where do, you, where do you think this all starts from? Right. So this is really important. When, when I'm working with women and I do programs, nourished women programs, I often say this is the curriculum around nourishment that you never learned. And that's the problem. It's generation of generation of not learning it. And because our mothers didn't do it, right? Like, my, I, grew up, I grew up in Canada, and my parents, we had this little cottage up, up north. And um, I would go, it was on the little lake with a bunch of people, a little community, and I would go to other people's, you know, homes, and they always had, like, uh, lounge chairs in the back. And, like, our house, there was no lounge chair. No lounging. Mm-mm. 
there was like, I'm like, this is a cottage. You're supposed to come up and lounge. Nope. You do the gardening. You work on the, you know, or you go for a hike, or you, you know, it's Canada, so we skied a lot, so or you skiing, but no sitting around, no lounging, right? So that's what I learned. You got to be busy to 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 take up your space in the world. So as women, we don't, we haven't learned it. And then what happens also, there's this implicit agreement. Oh, if I take care of you, then you'll take care of me, which is incorrect, right? It is how it used to be when women lived in community, right? I'll cook, and then the next night you'll cook, and we'll share food, and everybody will get taken care of. It's not how we live anymore. We live much more isolated, and I still see women waiting for someone else to start mothering them. I'm like, mm, not going to happen. Or hoping that McDonald's will be their mother and feed them. Or Starbucks, more often Starbucks these days. Oh, I'll get up in the morning and I'll go to Starbucks for breakfast. Oh, look, Starbucks made me coffee and a muffin. Right? Oh, I'll get my nurturance there. But we have oh, to actually man. step into it. The myth of the pastry being your mother, that is really good. <laughs> yeah. Comfort food and, there. No, it's so true. Oh, totally. And let me tell you, when I, as I said, I grew up in Canada, and there was a, a patisserie not far from my house, in the, on the, just from the walk from my house to the subway to get to school. And I would stop and buy croissants, not one, not two, not three, but four, anywhere from four to six. Because it was like, okay, I'll be okay. I'll go to school. I'll just eat the croissants. Like, right? Like the pastry will be my soother, will be my mother. It's kind of intense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, but it's, it's like I, I think that like it's just such a good way to look at it. It's like I, I remember that way with like ice cream. And it actually was this breakthrough I had last, um, last summer where I was like, got the ice, I got this ice cream because I was having a bad day, and I started to eat it, and I was just like, I don't want this. And I, mm. I, I knew in that moment that like, it was like too sugary, and it was kind of the, like this burning esophagus thing when I'm having too much sugar, and I was just like, mm-hmm. what? And then I got angry, and I was like, this, this is the thing that I, was my treat. I want it to make me feel better, and it's not making me feel better. Mm-hmm. And that thing is, like, we're, we're these, like, tricks that we have that I, I think we get to a point where we realize that the tricks aren't really working anymore and that, like, we have to, we have to really look at, like, how, how to be that caretaker. But I think the grief, maybe the grief I was feeling was just, like, shoot, i got to do this myself now. And that's, that's hard. It's hard to figure it all this is. stuff out. It is hard. And there have been times where I just didn't know how to do it. You know, like, I would, when I first moved to Boston, I came to, for graduate school, and there were these chocolate pudding things at the store that I would get. And it was like, talk about comfort food, like the chocolate and the puddingness all at once. It was like basically like I could just slather it all over me to try to like, <laughs> you know, like, ah, okay, chocolate pudding. And I remember I would get, like initially I, start with the, I started buying the single servings, and then I started buying the like family size. And I remember sitting there eating the family size and realizing that my tummy hurt and I wasn't stopping. And I was like, oh, gosh, I'm trying to take care of myself. I could see it. I'm trying to take care of myself, and I'm destroying myself at the same time. 
very painful place to be when we're trying to mother ourselves, but it's not in the way that we really need nourishment. Yeah. And it's like we need those moments, I think, to wake up to be like, wow, I'm hurting myself right now. Yes. Like, ouch. Like, it doesn't feel good to not, to not even be able to focus because my stomach hurts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're like these powerful wake-up calls. And, and I find for myself just as I, get, as I get more sensitive in my body that, like, it takes much less to get me to that point. Whereas before oh, I was, like, yeah. not living in my body and so I could eat, like, a huge thing of ice cream and be like, oh, I don't know, I feel like that. And now it's like, I'll have two bites and be like, no, that's not it. Yes, but I still, I still want to go back there. But it's so, like, so true. Yeah, yeah. That is and so, so true. Our bodies get more, the more we take care of it, the more we get sensitive we, and, and our body speaks to us, which is fantastic because that's what we want. We want to be in a place of hearing our body and then respecting what it says and listening, right? That's how we create body trust. And at the same time, you're like, are you kidding me? Like I had half a glass of wine. That was it. And what? Now that's it? Like, my, I feel crappy, and I'm not like, huh, that's not fair. You know, when I was in, my, in college, I could have two. You know, like, and there's that railing against being so in tune with our body. And it's specifically for women. We have to keep renegotiating, re, re, not reinventing, but re, um, or read the reason I have to find the right word, which is that it's it's about getting current. That's what it is. Getting body current with who this body is right now at this time of your life. It's not who you were when you were 15. It's not who you're going to be when you're 80. It's who you are at this particular age. And I hear it a lot. Well, when I was this age, I was thinner. When I was this age, I could do this other thing. Well, a lot happens in a woman's life. Right? We get periods. We grow breasts. Sometimes we have babies. Sometimes we have trauma. Sometimes there's like a million things. There's illnesses. There's surgeries. There's mastectomies. There's abortions. There's so many different things that can happen to a woman's body that changes our relationship. And it's, it's imperative that we stay body current. Okay, body, what do you need right now? And when we're sensitive to our body, going, wow, okay, I'm at a different place in my relationship where my body speaks very clearly. And it's my job to learn to listen and respect it. Mm. Body current is so good. Because it, it is. It's like I think so many of us are we're chasing the body we used to have. Or it's, yeah. And it all becomes this like intellectual idea of like, what the yeah. body is. And that's, and that's that we've been able to go so far in our intellect. But to like really listen to your body, it's not an intellectual thing. It's like you're saying the clients that you work with are like, I know. But it's it's like it's a felt experience of, of coming back into connection with like the present moment as it's lived out through your body, which I think is like super deep, profound to really really go there and, and like a willingness to like feel what's there. Especially if we haven't lived there in a while, there are gonna be some cobwebs. Yeah. We're gonna need to like oh little critters that we need to like we need to air it out and you know and I think I'm just always surprised by how much of my life I've spent not really living in my body it wasn't until I found yoga that I really did start to live in my body and how Mm -hmm. many people I I just see what people walking around I'm like you don't live in your body like it's Mm -hmm. it is freaky and you're not 
putting good food in it. And the only way you can do that is because you're off in your, your anxiety somewhere or your depression somewhere. So it's, it's, or, it's a... Or it's not a, even. Or not even the anxiety, depression. Sometimes it's just dissociation. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just I don't even want to feel what's in there. You know, and what might be under there is the depression or the anxiety. But sometimes it's, oh, yeah. it's a many things that I just don't want to deal with it. And I call it living next door to your body. It's like, oh, that body, gosh, you know, I should really lose weight. It's like saying, oh, yeah, we should really paint my house. Like it's a little bit divorced from ourselves. It's, it's like in Ayurveda, it's, it's total just like Vata imbalance or we're mm-hmm. like go through trauma and check out and we live in outer space like in our head yeah. and um and really the therapy for vata is always grounding <laughs> and food is a way to ground so you know there's a way there yeah. is like an intelligent to like some like when people are really vata imbalanced and they need to put some food in their body sometimes that feels like the easiest way to ground but yeah there's so many other beautiful ways to ground too that like um which is what I hear what you're saying is that the nourishment dynamic really is about figuring out how, how else to do it in addition to food. Yes. Or, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And to say more about that food as grounding is that's so true, right? I used to come back from any trip on an airplane, and I'd walk in the house, I'd go straight into the kitchen and eat. And I'd be like, wait a second, I wasn't hungry. What just happened here? And it took me a while, like years to realize, oh, I'm trying to get grounded back home, right? So we have to find other ways to feel grounded. I can't bring food on airplanes with me, like, because I will just, it does not matter if I'm hungry or not, I will eat it as soon as I get on the airplane, because I, I do, I literally feel ungrounded in that moment, and I'll just want food in my body, and so I'm just like, I don't bring a sack with me, I, my water bottle, I'll fill it up you know, yeah. breathe, read, but I don't, I just, it's, I don't eat on airplanes unless it's a long trip because it's, it's too confusing for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. And uh, honestly, I totally understand that, right? Because it's that feeling of like, oh, let me get grounded. There's one, just a quick tip for you in terms of airplanes is to bring Tulsi tea. Tulsi, T-U-L-S-I. Tulsi tea is an adaptogen. Adaptogen is a kind of um, plant that helps your body cope with stress. And Tulsi, there's different Tulsi. Some are a little more, different adaptogens. Some are a little more stimulating. Some are less. Tulsi, which is the it's a holy basil, um, is an incredibly relaxing adaptogen. And so I, keep, I go on a plane and I always have Tulsi tea and I just ask for hot water and make myself Tulsi tea and I just relax. I love it. I love it. Okay, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get myself, I'm actually going to fly this next week, so I'm going to get myself some Tulsi tea and bring it on the yeah. plane. And it comes Perfect. in many different flavors. Don't get green tea. Green tea is great. It's, there's nothing wrong with green tea. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is um, green tea is, has some caffeine in it, whereas all the other kinds of Tulsi, there's like peppermint Tulsi and ginger Tulsi. I um, have a fondness for the original Tulsi, um, but there's many different flavors, so you, you know, you're welcome to choose any of them. But the green tea will not be as relaxing because it does contain caffeine. Okay, good to know. All right, yep. I'll go, go get to the health food store and pick some up. Good. Well, I was wondering if if you would want to do a little coaching on me. This is, I feel like it's a little little vulnerable, but I'm I'm willing to do it. And I've just 
Um, is that okay? I would be honored. I would be absolutely honored to coach you. And honestly, and I know it feels vulnerable, so at any time you can go, you know what, I think I'm not going to go there right now. That's totally fine. I just want to give you permission. Okay, cool. All right, podcast listeners, I'm just going to throw myself into this and we'll just see, we'll see how this goes. Great. So Good. So what do you want to focus on? Okay, well, so I, my, my body has gone through a lot of changes in these past couple of years. Mm-hmm. I was in a relationship and, um, for a long time, and I think a little bit stuck in that relationship. And when my partner and I broke up, kind of the, I thought I would get really depressed, and it was sort of the opposite, but I just got really, like, so excited about life and rebounded mm. and started dating someone else right away. And I just started losing weight, and I five pounds, 10 pounds, before I knew it, I had lost 30 pounds mm-hmm. without trying at all. And, and during this time, my father got sick. He had leukemia and he was um, mm. declining. And, and I was, there was a lot of stress in that. And I, mm-hmm. and I was starting my business. And I think it was just one of those things that I was in the stress response. And I just, my body wouldn't stop losing weight. So it got to the point where I stopped getting my period for a while. And I was but the confusing thing was is that everyone around me was like, you look amazing, you look great. Right. Like, so much positive, oh, I couldn't even believe the amount of positive feedback I got from everybody. Right, um, how much people get invested in what, you, what, we, what, what women look like. So interesting. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Crazy and making. So, totally crazy making because I was like, as this one of like the sadder periods of my life, especially yeah. when my dad was towards the end. And, um, and then it's, I was just, Everyone was like, "But you look amazing," and it was it was just challenging and, and interesting to watch. And then I've gained about fifteen pounds back since then, which um, I don't have a scale, so I don't weigh myself very often. But just like nice, I very had, good. Just oh. let me interrupt you. That's fantastic. Okay, yeah, no scale. Thank like you. that a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I but I like all my, none of my clothes fit. So I have all these new clothes, and then none of those clothes fit, and. I've just been finding myself, I think for a while it was like I could eat whatever I wanted. I was just trying to gain weight back again. And now I'm, I'm noticing that that, like, relationship with control is starting to sneak back into it. It's like, even though I know that my body is at a healthy place, I still, there's, like, I'm sad that those old genes don't fit. And I find yeah. myself wanting to control a little bit more of what I'm eating. And, and then I don't eat emotionally anymore like I really don't but I want to and I think the thoughts are there Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm just like the mental place that I go to in that like I feel like I'm investing more energy than I want to and just like thinking about food yeah yeah so one is the first thing is you have great awareness right oh I'm watching those thoughts of wanting to diet or restrict in some way. I'm watching the thoughts of getting more focused on food and what's good and what's bad. And I'm also really aware that this is actually a healthy place for me. And the other awareness is, you know what, that really, really thin place was a place there was a lot of grief. There was a lot of grief and there was a lot of loss. And so there's, it's, it's sort of reclaiming your body from a place of, you know what, I'm not living in a place of loss, right, right now. So let me reclaim this body as it is and be 
and be in a in a supportive relationship instead of a controlling relationship. Is that what I hear you're wanting? More supportive yeah. relationship, less controlling relationship. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I and I think there's part of me that like that part of me that wants approval that I'm like I miss the out, outside approval from everybody. Yes. I miss the praise and the all of even though I don't I don't want to be in that body because that body wasn't healthy. Like I want right. I want to be affirmed in the way I was. Like yeah. Totally, right? So there's awareness of, you know what, I had all this external approval. That was really nice. And what I hear that's sort of wanting to happen is an internal approval. Yeah, right? totally. So, so there's a couple things, levels. Let me just talk to you about it on three levels, the, the nourishment dynamic, because that's always how I work. So let's start on the mindset level, because that's the one that you've just brought up right away, which is, wow, I want to be in a more nourishing relationship with my body and less controlling. And that is both actually a little bit lifestyle, but more on the mindset realm. And let me just say something about these thoughts. That thought, I'm not going to say that it's going to go poof away. That thought of, oh, I wish I was you know, could just, you know, restrict and then I'd be that, you know, I'd get that approval and, you know, the old thinking. And so it's really important to realize that that's almost a pro- old programmed neural pathway. It's like an old radio station that starts to play. And what I'd like you to think about just for a moment, that if that is an old radio station that plays, like, oh, maybe you should restrict, oh, Maybe you should be control, a little more controlling. If we were to listen to it and go, this is a need. This is my psyche saying I need something. What do you think it's really asking for? It's almost like it's code when it's saying, I really wish I could be restricting. I really want to be this. It's a little bit code. What do you, if you were to be the code breaker, what do you think you're really wanting? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I feel like what I'm really wanting are more boundaries. Hmm. But like, there's there's that part of me that wants to control the, like, create controlled boundaries. Um, okay. But I feel like I want more boundaries in, in some other ways. All right, so let me just interpret this, and let me, I'm giving it a little bit of a spin, and you tell me if I've got it, which is I just want to feel safe. Mm, oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Good. Right, so do you get that sort of like, oh, I want to be in control of my food. Oh, underneath that is I, I want some boundaries, and underneath that is I just want to feel safe. Mm. Yeah. Totally. And so what's the feeling that comes up with that? Like, oh, it, when you even say it to yourself, like, I really want to feel safe in my body and my beingness. It, well, like, it, like, drops the energy down where I feel like when I say that, like, oh, like, I want, I want to be in my body, first of all, and then, mm-hmm. like, know that it's okay to, to live here. Yeah. It's safe yeah. to live here. Yeah. Okay. So let's, just because I know we're sort of trying to condense a 
big piece into a small time. Let's just have let's just work with that one piece. So let's work with the safety. So that's on the mindset level of oh, what I real what this what this issue is about is about me feeling safe and in my body. Okay, mm-hmm. that's on the mindset level. Let's move up one to the le- to the lifestyle level, and see how can we support that to happen in daily life. So my question to you, right, So, because that's always, like if you have an insight, and this is always my thing, as much as I love, loved being a therapist and doing therapy, I was always like, great insights, but I don't see it showing up in my life. So with this work, with the nourishment dynamic, we're going to take that mindset issue and let's move it into the lifestyle. So it's, let's see how it shows up on daily life. So my question to you is how can you feel safe in your body on a daily basis? What would make you feel safe and in your body more on a daily basis? Mm. Um, like what came to me right away was slowing down. Mm. Beautiful. So when would that happen? What specifically? And this is how, like, the difference, you know, just I'm, I keep, like, getting into you with, with you in the coaching and then zooming out to, you know, to shine a light on the process, but this, me asking, so what exactly would that look like is the difference between, like, therapy and coaching. You know, coaching, mm-hmm. I want to get in there. Let's see. How, let's make it happen. So what yeah. exactly, what would that look like? It would, um, well, my mornings are really good. I wake up and I, I meditate and I write and I do my yoga, and I, I do feel pretty spacious in there, but it's like the moment... I sit down and start to do my work. I just start mm-hmm. to get, I start to rush. It's like mm-hmm. get one more email done. It's like, so I think it's moving into that work sphere while keeping, while keeping like the calm that I create in my morning time. Okay. So let's, let's put in a, an, a, like a, a little bit of an interruption into that pattern. Let me give you a couple of, like a drop-down menu. Here, here's multiple choice. You mm-hmm. could set your alarm on your phone to go off every 20 minutes with a little message that says breathe or slow down. You could do that. Or um, do you know meta meditation? This is something the, the loving kindness? Loving kindness. So the phrases are, may I be safe? May I be healthy? May I be happy. May I live with ease and abundance. And may I love myself completely just the way I am. Mm. That was a good sound. Mm. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I feel it. Right, so that could be, it could be just an interruption of slow down. It could be, you know, every hour that a timer goes off and has those five metta meditation, meditation of loving kindness comes up so you can just go through that. What would work for you? I feel like, um, I like the idea of interruption. Mm -hmm. Because it does feel like I'm just always like, like have a limited time span, I'm trying to get more done than I can get done. So maybe, yeah, no matter what time, what I have done or not done, every hour 
I take a moment, and um, I've really I've been working with the Serenity Prayer a lot. Of, um, mm, that's another yeah, beautiful this, one. Yeah, yeah, just like what, and really like to like sit with it for a moment of like, like God grant me the serenity to accept things yes. I cannot change. Really think about like what am I trying to control here that I can't? Usually, yes. other other people. <laughs> yeah. Courage to change the things I can. Um, me slowing down and uh, yeah. wisdom to know the difference. So yeah, yeah, I like the idea of maybe like on the hour setting an alarm and, and uh, while I'm working and saying that prayer and just really coming back to myself. Beautiful. Okay, so we've got on the mindset level, we've got the, the theme of like I want to create safety and embodiment for myself. Then we're moving up. How are we doing that? We're stopping on an hourly basis to do the serenity prayer and really like, huh, okay, here's where I am. And then let's move up to the food level. What would support you in terms of your eating habits, in terms of your meals? What would feel like it would support that sense of safety for you? Is it planning your meals a little more? Is it making sure that there's, you've already figured out lunch for the day? Is it having groceries delivered, what would make you feel like, you know what, I don't have to restrict, I don't have to, um, I don't have to be controlling, it's okay, I'm taken care of with food. Yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, I do a lot of that stuff already. I'm a good meal planner. Um, I, I think the groceries thing is kind of big, um, just because I do get busy sometimes, and I'm really good at making something out of nothing. It's like one of my mm-hmm. one of my talents. But yeah. when I'm when my grocery refrigerator is kind of full, I think I do relax a little bit. Like it feels, it puts me more in abundance. Um, I was actually looking at a grocery. It's like a farmer's delivery service that I was thinking about doing when I get back from traveling in June. So I think that might be the right thing. Okay. And that gives you a sense of, like, calm and ease of, like, oh, groceries will be delivered. There will mm-hmm. be food. I can relax a little bit. Yeah, it's like that difference between abundance versus, I think, when there's not much in my fridge, even if I know that I can still eat, there's something that feels scarce about it. And I think there's, yeah. like, which leads to that scarcity of time, which leads Absolutely. to the stress, too. Absolutely. So how does that feel, having just, like, gone through each level in the nourishment dynamic to really, you know, have a little bit of a different perspective and some different actions around this issue for you? Mm. I, I love all of it because it, none of it feels outlandish or crazy. It just feels yes. like, like beliefs I already have and things I already kind of know will work, but it's more about putting them into practice. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really good, and then it's, I mean, honestly, it feels so good to like say it all out loud. Like I think I was just carrying that with me. So like being able to share it with you and with anyone who's listening right now, there's, there's yeah. feels like there's a real release in that too. Such power in that, Gracie. Such power, because as women, I I imagine this is so for men as well, but for women this is a big issue around food and body, is we isolate. We isolate and we keep it within ourselves and we give ourselves a little bit of a hard time, like I should know the answer to this. 
there's plenty of things I know the answers to, but I still need to be able to say it out loud. I still need to have someone reflect back to me what it is I'm saying and feeling because it makes it real. It validates me. It makes me feel heard, and it reminds me, because you'll notice most of the, all of the interventions that you came up with, all the actions, you came up with them. So getting support, getting coaching, talking to someone reminds us that the wisdom is within us. We just need the right environment, the right atmosphere to be able to step into that trust of ourselves and our body and our own wisdom. Because as women, we are awesome. Incredibly powerful, yes. And I mean, you're such a good example of that. Like, just, I really thank you so much for for guiding me there, and just um, for all that you do to help women come back to themselves. Because it's mm. it's a huge amount of energy that we can spend on this trying to be perfect, controlling oh, yeah. ourselves. Oh yes. <laughs> It is, and, you know, people say, you know, what's your work? And I say, you know, I help women have a powerful and peaceful relationship with their food and body. But really what I do under that is free women up to do what their gift is in, the, in life. Because our relationship with food and body can be such an obstacle to really being our full expressed selves. And I have such a powerful knowing, belief, commitment that women are awesome and amazing and brilliant and so wise and that each woman has that to bring forward. But sometimes we need a little help getting out of our own way. I do. Like I get coaching for everything because I see, oh, gosh, here I am. There it is. There I am right in my way. Yes, yes. I, I will never go through a period of my life again where I don't coaching. Like it's, it's like life is so much better when I get some help with it. And it's just to never feel like we don't, like we need to get past that. Like that there's, I, I always find such beauty in being able to be a teacher and a student all, all at the same time, really. Absolutely. Um, well, Nina, thank you so much for being here and sharing what you do and helping me. And I, I just hope that, um, I know that you have helped other people who have been listening today. Mm. So I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. Truly my honor. Mm. Can, can you tell people a little bit more about how they can stay in touch with you and what you offer? Absolutely. The best way to reach me is go to my website, which is ninamanelson.com. So it's N-I-N-A. Manelson is M-A-N-O-L-S-O-N. And that's ninamanelson.com. There's lots of free goodies there. Right now there's like a Eat on Purpose video series that's really incredible and powerful. There's also a What to Do When You Kind of Know Already series, but, you know, all the knowing in the world doesn't help you. There's that. There's also a green smoothie book. There's lots of cool freebies. And also reach out to me, you know, I'm at Nina at NinaManelson.com. Reach out if you feel like, you know what, I would like to dive into this more peaceful and healthy and positive relationship with my food and body. And that's my commitment is to support women in feeling good in themselves. 
And I mm-hmm. just want to say, Gracie, I just am so appreciative of the work you're doing and waving the banner of self-care because it is the piece that most of us never learned and we need to create a different conversation around it in our world that instead of the busyness and the doing becomes the, you know, the badge of honor, that the way that we nourish ourselves becomes a very becomes becomes the the good thing right instead of oh my gosh i'm so busy i haven't had a minute instead no i went and had a cup of tea and i relaxed good for you Cass, I wanna appreciate, yeah. yeah so i really want to appreciate you for changing the dialogue in our culture around that and also just for being such a seeker and being willing to just jump into your own stuff i just love that about you Thanks, Tina. Yeah, well, it was funny. We started our conversation today, and he was like, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I just did some restorative yoga. I feel really good. <laughs> it's like, so too, it's like to, to be in a culture um, where, we can, where we can help each other with that is really powerful. And so yeah. I, I just, I've learned a lot from you. And thank you. I really received that, um, mm. what you just said. And I think the self-care conversation is endlessly fascinating. If we're willing to look at why we don't do it, and what's beneath it, and what yeah. we could be if we did it, it's, it's the secret to everything, you know, just really, um, really understanding ourselves, so I, yeah, I, I think, I think I got some new pieces today here, too. Cool, cool, wonderful. Awesome. All right, well, let's be in touch, Nina, and thank you yes. again, and thank you to everyone who is listening, um, and, you know, let me know how, what comes up for you, and get in touch with Nina, and um, let's, let's just all keep helping each other. Wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. Goodbye, everybody. Take care of yourselves. This is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons, I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also, write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. And remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place.